Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller, founder of the Miller Law Group and director of the Center for Understanding in Conflict. I am on a mission to help people change how they divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Dr. Deanna Conklin Denau. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist in the Chicago land area. In addition to traditional therapy, Deanna works as a divorce coach and child specialist in the collaborative model and to help families navigate the divorce process in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, Deanna. It's a pleasure to have you today. Thanks for having me on, Catherine. What really attracted me to you as a guest for our listeners on Dialogue on Divorce is some of the really terrific stuff you write about parenting plans and some of the difficult areas of developing parenting plans when people are divorcing. And I thought, you know, today we could talk about how you help clients do that work, create a parenting plan that grows with their family and is appropriate for their situation. Because as we all know, there is no one size fits all. That's right. One of the things that I really love about doing collaborative divorce is the opportunity to help families craft a parenting plan that really fits their unique needs. And I think there's a couple things that go into making a parenting plan that's healthy for kids and puts the kids' needs first. And how do people do that? Because, you know, I think that it's very complicated. You know, one of the things that I think about uh, when people are looking at, at divorce is that they're really untangling all these different threads of their lives and intimate relationship between these different kinds of pieces that go into a marriage, you know, the finances, the feelings, the intimacy, the parenting, the extended family, all of that sort of stuff. And I think that everybody wants to go in with this idea of protecting the children and co-parenting in a way that works for the kids, but also works for the parents. But it's the devil's in the details and actually creating that. You know, what are the, some of the things that you advise people to think about in order to start isolating the parenting? and doing a good job for their kids. So I think that's right, right? They come into this process and people are in pain. They're sad. They're hurt. They're angry. They're disappointed. They're mourning the loss of their marriage, even if it's a choice they've made, even if they're the partner who's initiated the divorce. And then they're going to make these choices that affect them and their kids for the rest of their lives from this place of really pain and sadness. And so one of the things I try to help people do is to make decisions that are good for themselves and their kids and not rooted in the hurt and the disappointment. Try to step out of some of that and see the future differently. One piece of the parenting plan that I think is really easy for parents to understand is this idea of taking into account your kids' like ages and developmental stages and their personalities, right? And that's one of the ways that the child specialist or divorce coach can help in the process. They can help parents understand Okay, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And what does that mean in terms of development? And also in terms of your kid's unique personality, right? Is your kid really flexible or do they have a really hard time with transition? And then all these things would go into the parenting plan. And I think that part feels really straightforward to parents, right? They kind of get it. Um, and where it gets messier is when parents have to sort through 
the complicated process of when their own needs might be getting in the way. Yeah, and their own identities around the issue of parenting, I think, also. Yeah, so every parent thinks of themselves as a mom or a dad and what that means to them. And that changes over time, right? Some people are really comfortable in the baby stage, and some people do a little bit better, feel more natural as a parent with an older kid. And that kind of ebbs and flows in all families. And I think one of the hard things about trying to create a parenting plan is you have to project forward and not just look at this one kind of snapshot in time. You know, I think you're raising as I'm listening to you, uh, Deanna, it, I'm thinking, you know, parenting is hard. I mean, and, and it requires a lot of flexibility and personal growth on the part of the parent under the best of circumstances. And that when people are trying to put together a parenting plan in the context of divorce and look at where our kids are today, who they are today, and how that's likely to change over time, that's really requires a lot of work and thought. It really does require parents to dig deep, I think, and to think about who they surround themselves with, right? I think any of us who work in the divorce field can know the dangers of the Greek chorus who, you know, I'll tell you how to take him to the cleaners or you can make, you know, she shouldn't be a free rider off of you. And and they can get really lost in someone else's messy divorce or not worked out issues, right? And I think if parents step back and first think about who they want to surround themselves with um, in terms of personal and professional support, right, friends and family that they tell, look, we're trying to do this differently. We want to put the kids' needs first. We're trying not to put them in the middle or talk badly about the other parent. We want to get everybody's needs met. We think that's possible. It makes a huge difference. And then I think also to pick your professional team really carefully, right? your lawyers, if you involve mental health professionals or financial professionals, to pick people who want to support a really positive future moving forward so that parents can take the high road. I think that's very important information for people to have, that who they surround themselves with will really impact the way they feel about taking the proactive steps that they need to take in order to create a positive co-parenting relationship or even a positive parallel parenting situation where they're not actually involved with each other, but they're at least supportive of each parent's role in the children's lives moving forward. And Yeah, you know, when I start the divorce process with people, and I'm sure this is similar to how you work in terms of collaborative divorce, right? We start with what are people's hopes and fears. And most people will really clearly, if they have kids, say, like, I really want them to be okay. I don't want them to affect them. I want to put their needs first. And then they kind of get in the process and get lost a little bit, or it can happen, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And if there's professionals around who can pull them back to those original goals, right? I want to create a healthy divorce for my kids. You know, I want to separate our lives so that we can all create a healthy life moving forward. It can keep people focused on the end goal so that when they're in the middle of a negotiation with someone, Sometimes you hear parents who say, like, I've been the primary parent and I should continue to have the most time with the kids. And most kids we know do best when they have a really healthy, positive relationship with both parents moving forward. We're not talking about situations of abuse and neglect. We're talking about most families, right? Yes. And in those cases, shared parenting is usually the goal. And that can be a hard shift like we were talking about in terms of your identity as a parent, right? If you've been the primary parent for maybe the first few years, 
it might be really hard to shift and think what does shared parenting look like. This is Dialogue on Divorce on WVOX 1460 AM. We're here alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30, and we're also available as a podcast on my website, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com, as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud. And my guest today is Dr. Deanna conklin Denow, a clinical psychologist from Chicago, and we're talking about creating healthy parenting plans for children in divorce settings in a way that really protects the children and promotes their survival and thriving post-divorce. Deanna, one thing that I think is really hard sometimes for people to do to sort those things out, as we were talking about, and really find some strategies to separate their own feelings of anger or betrayal or hurt or fear about their own safety, and also, at the same time, take the high road with regard to their children. Do you have any strategies that you offer people to help them do that? So... um you know, I think some people sort this out in therapy, and some people will use a divorce coach during the process or both professionals, right? And therapy can be a place to mourn the loss of your marriage and understand how you got there and separate out kind of what your contribution was and look at your partner in a different way because each of you has contributed to the downfall of this marriage. And then I think the parenting piece is a little bit different, right? And in the best of circumstances, both people will say, like, I don't want to live with this person anymore, but I realize he's a good dad or she's a really good mom, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the goal that you have is to get people to realize that the more kids who love and are involved in your kids' lives, the better off they do. And so to have both the mom and the dad fully invested, fully involved is good for kids. When parents bring all their resources, and I don't mean money, but I mean time and talents and things that they're good at to benefit their kids, that's really good for kids. And so helping parents see the other parents' strengths, right? When you're angry with someone, it can be easy to say, um, he's doing this or she's doing that. But to step back and try to see it through a lens that's a little more neutral, one of the things I tell people is, is start interacting with your co-parent like a business relationship. If you wouldn't do it at work, don't do it in this relationship. At work, you would never bring up your long emotional history. You would never throw someone under the bus in that way, right? You would try to get to the bottom of something and assume the best intentions and ask like, you know, Susie told me, maybe I can hear your side too, instead of coming at them guns blazing about, um, you know, what you heard happen during parenting time. You know, we spoke a few minutes ago about the parental identity and what happens in the shift of divorce when you have, particularly often, uh, when you have a full-time parent and a parent who spends more time in the workplace and how that shifts then when people divorce and there has to create a kind of compromise between those two situations and the difficulty of that for both people, you know, for one person to sort of to give up being a full-time parent and the other person to integrate parenting into his usually, but sometimes her day-to-day life as well. How do you think people cope with that? So the hope is that people can see it as an opportunity, right, for both parents to be really actively involved. I think that coping probably comes back to some self-care, like making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Everybody knows the oxygen mask in the airplane analogy, right? 
So nothing is better if you're tired or not getting enough exercise or eating well, right? So taking care of some basic self-care can go a long way in the divorce process to keeping your sanity. I think it's a mourning process for some people, right? Often I see it as a woman, but occasionally I see it as a man who's been the stay-at-home parent. And that has really been a huge piece of their identity. And sometimes, usually, they have to go back into the workforce for financial reasons. So there's the stress or the anxiety about that, while also maybe giving up a piece that they really like. I also think it's important to remember that in intact families, this ebbs and flows. And divorce puts it on the table differently. But this is a natural process that occurs in families also, right? Like, if you picture maybe an infant who's being breastfed by a mother, that infant is going to spend more time with the mom. And then maybe a couple of years later, another kid comes along. That child, the older child, tends to start bonding with the father differently out of necessity. And that's just a pretty natural thing that we see often. And so just because at one point a kid might more frequently come to one parent for soothing or comfort doesn't mean that that other parent doesn't have that capacity. They just have to grow that identity. And in a divorce, sometimes you have to grow it suddenly and to recognize that there's a learning curve and to have some patience. So what about when parents already have differences? They come from different religious backgrounds or different cultural or even their different nationalities, which can be a challenge in marriage and and co-parenting children in an intact family, but I think is highlighted particularly when people divorce. So I think the reasons that I like collaborative divorce and mediation is the opportunity to craft something that works for your family. And so on one's own, they need to figure out what's the most important thing, right? Because we all have core values that we would go to the mat over, and that's okay. But to let go of a lot of the other things, right? To really think about what is it that I want to share, if it's in terms of cultural or faith, with my child and why, right? Like this isn't an opportunity that just battles something out to battle it out. And in some families, they've already negotiated this a little bit during the marriage, and they continue on that path. For some people, it gets kind of put on the forefront. But to really think about what's really at stake, what do I want for my kids? And then to step back and say, what can I let go of? And I think that too often when parents dig their heels in, they want to go to the mat over everything. And I would say to parents, choose your your battles wisely, right? Because you're going to have to co-parent with this person for the rest of your life. You're going to go to events for grown children, and you're going to want to be able to interact with that person. And so really save the big stuff and, and let some other stuff slide away. And Dr. Deanna Conklin-Danau, how is it that you suggest that people present what's most important? Like say somebody's like, all right, I'm going to think this through. This thing is most important to me. I can let go of the other stuff. Is there a way different than the way that they have traditionally communicated about this stuff that you think that being able to present this most important stuff will be most effective? I think in general, this comes across in couples therapy and also during divorce, that when you can present something as a positive need instead of a personal criticism, you will just set the the tone differently. 
it would depend what you're asking for, right? But say there's a lot of conflict about how homework gets done and education is one of your core values and you really feel like this conversation needs to happen, right? Instead of saying, I don't know why you can't do homework. You're so lazy. You don't ever help them with their homework. Nothing ever gets done, right? Because we can see that the other person's defenses are going to go up. And um, I've heard that from my clients, too. <laughs> I bet you have. I, I mean, I think we all hear things like that, right? It becomes a personal criticism. And when it's a personal criticism, the automatic response is to feel defensive. And then that takes you down a certain path. And it's probably the dance that the couple has done in their marriage. And to step back and put it in a positive need. So I need help with the homework projects. I'm finding that I can't help Bobby get everything done. Can we talk about some ways to divide this up? It's a problem and a problem that needs to be solved. It kind of goes back to that idea of co-parenting almost as a business relationship, right? Like we've got this project, we've got this issue, we've got this dilemma we need to solve. Let's brainstorm how to solve it instead of a personal criticism or attack that then takes you away from the thing that needs to be solved and into a personal fight. And then that usually tends to dig up all the issues from the marriage. And the whole reason you're getting divorced is to get out of that dance. And it's so true that people often hope or think somehow expect that the person they're divorcing is going to be different than the person that they were married to and that the problems that really drove them crazy about each other in the marriage drive them that much more crazy in the divorce. And yet somehow there's often an expectation that it will be different somehow. Yes, that can be incredibly disappointing to people. You're divorcing the same person you were married to, but you can do some different strategies to try to improve the communication and to recognize that you no longer have to share many things of your life, right? You can have your own personal life. You can make decisions about yourself separately and not worry about that other partner that you had an unhealthy dance with. But you are going to have to co-parent together. That's a lifelong relationship. And it takes away a ton of stress if you can do it in a healthy way, right? It takes away stress for you. And most importantly, it really keeps the kids out of the middle if they can see their parents getting along. This is Dialogue on Divorce. We're here alternate Wednesdays on WBOX 1460 AM and WBOX.com from 5 to 5.30, and I'm speaking today with Deanna Conklin-Danau, a clinical psychologist based in the Chicago area, about healthy parenting plans post-divorce. And Deanna, if people are interested in contacting you or learning more about your practice, how are they best able to do that? My website is www.drconklindano.com, D-R-C-O-N-K-L-I-N-D-A-N-A-O.com, and I'm in the Chicagoland area. And I really want to encourage people to look at your blog because I think it's really terrific. And you really talk about a lot of parenting issues and challenges in creating parenting plans in a way that I think is quite useful. So I want to encourage people to check out Deanna's website. It's really very helpful. And I also wonder about this issue of sort of competitiveness. You know, one of the things that I sometimes notice when parents are trying to develop a parenting plan is they're trying to put into place something that works for the children. But then there's also something that whether or not it works for them in terms of their own sense of, am I getting more than or less? Or is it fair vis-a-vis the children's time or attention with regard to the other parent having nothing to do with the children? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, this is the messy part of the parenting plan, right? Where parents have to really, I think, take an honest look at themselves and say, um, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for my kids? 
And, and I want to like, I have a lot of empathy for people. That's a hard process, especially when you're already going through the, the painful aspects of a divorce and you're dividing up assets and all these other things and you're making decisions about your kids. And it's really, really painful and hard. And most people don't feel like their best self during a divorce. And that complicates it too. And this is where I, I go back to the people who are around you, right? So if you have friends and professionals who who can kind of pull you back and say, take a deep breath, remember what you're looking for. You're looking for creating a healthy life moving forward for you and your kids. And then you can see the decisions differently, that it really is good for kids to spend time with both parents and meaningful time, that each parent should have time that is homework and chores and discipline, as well as fun weekend time, right? Like that that meaningful time captures both of those so that parents can be involved in all aspects of their kids' lives. What do you think about the idea of creating a shared mission statement for parents as they begin the divorce process with regard to their children? I think it's a great idea. I actually had a couple come to me before they'd even met with any professionals and they had created their own mission statement. And it's been so helpful. I don't think I've framed it so much as a mission statement, but definitely hopes, fears, goals, all those things so that people really can step back and see the big picture, right? It's easy to get lost in the details. And it's important to step back and think like, what do I really want for my kids, right? I want to raise a healthy, loving, happy adult. And the way to get there is is through healthy parenting, right? And that requires a co-parenting team that is healthy. I also think that asking parents to tell me how they would like their children to describe them as they go through the divorce process is a way to get them to sort of think through the eyes of their children how it must appear to them and what they would want. Absolutely. I let parents know your child will create a divorce narrative that will go with them for the rest of their life. This is the story they'll tell their best friend or their future partner. And they're going to remember how you guys handled this before, during, and after. And how do you want that narrative to look? And I also will sometimes tell people I got into this work from my therapy practice, listening to adults reflect back 20 years ago about their parents' divorce and how it still with them and how different it could have looked had their parents stepped up differently. I just did a survey of people who are the adult children of divorce, and I asked them basically three questions. But one of them was, you know, if you could go back in time and tell your parents something that would really help you out as the child of their divorce, what would you say? And almost to a person, no no matter how old they were when their parents divorced, whether or not, you know, ranging from the age of three to the age of 26, 27, they said, let us know what's going on, but keep us out of the middle. Absolutely. These are adult problems no kid should have to solve or feel responsible for, right? And when they're in the middle and they're trying to figure out, they're spending all their emotional energy on understanding the family dynamics instead of putting that energy into their own growth and development. And that's when kids get stuck. That's when you see academic or behavioral or emotional issues is because instead of focusing on their own development, their needs go to the back burner and they have to either sue the parent or mend the fence somehow or carry information back and forth. And that takes tremendous emotional energy for kids. And when they're out of the middle and parents can communicate about their kids, 
then they have the opportunity to continue growing and developing. It's not that they're not going to have a reaction to the divorce. All kids are going to have some sort of reaction. They're going to have sadness or anger or feelings, and that's really normal. But if they get stuck in a divorce and have to spend all their energy taking care of their parents, then that energy doesn't go to their own growth and development. Dr. Deanna Conklin, and now, what is one piece of advice that you would give parents considering divorce about their children and the process? So I am um, on my website, I have a, a thing that's like a free little book for parents. And it's, it's basically about how to keep your kids out of the middle, how to um, keep their needs at the forefront, and how to, um, to navigate the process in a way um, that will protect them during this because um, I think that that is ultimately what all parents want and we just have to help them stay on that path as they go through the divorce. Dr. Deanna Conklin, and now thank you so much for being my guest today on Dialogue on Divorce. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation.